<laughs> See if you make it out of the parking lot without getting stabbed. <laughs> I got a I got a Hyundai Elantra, so I could. I, I could two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. It's my getaway car. <laughs> Welcome to the Baseball STL Podcast. I'm JJ Bailey here as always, and in today's episode, we've got something a little different. With the Cubs coming to town and holding a very hard-earned second place in the NL Central, I thought it might be time to hear from a Cubs fan. So I brought in my favorite Cubs fan in the entire world, Steve Kears. We roomed together in college, and I watched him struggle through the last decade as the Cubbies peaked and cratered and then rebuilt. And today we're talking about what that journey was like. We're also talking about what it was like to be at the infamous Bartman game. You've seen it. You've heard about it. Now I actually hear from somebody who was there when it happened. And we wrap up talking about who are the most hated and loved Cardinal players to Cubs fans. And I even throw in a few nominations for who my least favorite Cub was when I was growing up. So Steve was very polite to go through this whole thing with me as a Cubs fan. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and we'll see you again at the end. So this Cubs team, vastly improved, a lot more watchable, a lot more fun. How does this feel for you to, you know, I mean, not only is, is the team competitive, but nationally they've got a lot of attention there's a lot of buzz around him. How does this feel for a guy who's been watching this team his whole life and has spent the last decade kind of miserable doing so? It's uh, it's really nice. It's you kind of feel you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I guess uh, things are. I mean, it's been a, a few years under Theo and Jed Hoyer, and they've kind of implemented their plan, and they kind of stressed how long it was going to take. Even still, I think you're kind of hopeful that maybe. It wouldn't take as long. And they made it pretty clear in the last couple of years that this was still going to take a while. The amount of players making debuts and the amount of the amount of guys that were in the minors, that they were never on the list. A ton of other guys were getting called up. I mean, at any point in this, were you did you lose faith at all in the plan? Or uh, I wouldn't say I lost faith in the plan. Like, I understood what they were doing. It makes sense to build a team. It was just a little frustrating that it was – taken a decent amount amount of time and they weren't active in free agency at all which was just kind of a bummer as you knew the season was going to end they're going to f- plug in a few hole a few holes with you know just regular decent players and that was going to be it they weren't going to make a big splash we're going to spend a lot of money and we were still a few years away from seeing all the young kids come up so i mean how has this felt i mean i know that it's it's been obviously it's been unpleasant but how i mean how do you describe if, if someone had never met you before and didn't know baseball, how would you describe having been a Cubs fan for the last 10 years? Uh, it's mostly just disappointment and unhappiness. Uh, yeah, it's, it hasn't been a lot of fun other than a couple of years here and there. There hasn't been a lot of consistency to the team. It, they were hard to, hard to watch and even at times hard to root for. I mean, you just knew a lot of these guys were just, like I said, fill-in players. They weren't around for the long haul. They weren't a part of a bigger picture. And you basically knew from May to September that they weren't going to be competitive. You know, in April, it's the beginning of a new season. It's exciting. It's fun to watch baseball again. But once you know what they're bringing to the table, it's hard to want to spend 150, 160 games of your time watching them. <laughs> so you haven't – I mean, you've, you've taken a few seasons where – 
You're not. I mean, how many Cubs games? Let's say from like 2012 to two through 2014. You, I mean, you're a guy that enjoys baseball. You played it. You know it very well. I, at some point, I mean, during those two years, you were tuning out. I mean, how many games on average a year are you watch are like actually watching? I know you were following, but how many are you watching? On average, I'd ten, maybe ten games a year. And it's just, I mean, it was just unwatchable. Yeah, it was just bad, and you knew. You knew it wasn't like a slow start. You just knew this is how the team was. They weren't going to be good. It, it's nice outside. I should go outside and do something. I don't have to <laughs> devote all my time. Like I would when I was younger, I don't have to like revolve my plans around when the Cubs were playing because it, it wasn't going to be watchable. It would be a waste of your day. I know you're back now, but now you have a team that's very watchable. It, I mean, has it, has it felt different since the first game of the season or have you were you I mean already starting to plan your days around Cubs games after the offseason when they get Lester and you know you know that these guys are going to be due promotions and Chris Bryant was going to be due up this year at some point you have to wait a little bit longer but is it is it changed now are you do they have they have they sucked you back in yeah I'd say so I think I think the big turning point for me was when they hired Joe Madden because they're not going to hire Joe Madden and Joe Madden's not going to come here unless they're finally getting ready to push forward with the young core players and start signing some free agents and start building the team and molding the team into what they had planned a few years ago. So when they brought Madden in, I knew things were stepping in the right direction. And then they got Lester. And then you saw what Bryant did in spring training. You knew he was going to be up soon. And Rizzo and Castro are kind of getting things. They're, they're the leaders of the team, and they're continuing to get better and better. Uh, so – yeah, when Madden came on, I knew that was kind of the start. Like, okay, it's it's time to really pay attention again. Well, you've lived okay, so you've lived in St. Louis for, or not St. Louis. You lived in Missouri for six years. You've been surrounded by Cardinals fans. Obviously, it hasn't been a super pleasant experience. I mean, has it has it been rough on you? Have Cardinal fans been rough on you? Being a Cubs fan, kind of like you know, out on an island here. Uh, I think they give you a hard time, but I'm pretty good at throwing the first insult at the Cubs. So they usually <laughs> kinda let me let me off. Usually <laughs> they just like feel bad. They yeah, just don't want like, to keep being <laughs> like, he keeps punching himself in the face. I can't keep hitting they'll, him. Uh, yeah, like I'll be wearing a Cubs shirt or something. Or like it's mostly a Chicago re- related thing. And they'll be like, Oh, you baseball fan? Like, yeah. Like Cubs? Like, yeah. And like, oh man, they're a little rough right now. Huh? I'm like, oh yeah, they're awful. It's miserable. And like, well, I don't have to kick him. He, he, I don't have to kick him while he's down. He's he's having a pretty rough time as it is. So I haven't had that big of problems with the St. Louis fans. Uh, I just kind of I, I, I dish it towards myself first usually. Well, do you? But has that changed now going into this season? Now, uh, if someone says, "Oh, you follow baseball," I mean, you you can finally say, "Like, yeah, I follow baseball." Absolutely. Is it? I mean, does it feel different? Do you feel like now you don't have to uh, beat yourself up so much? Kind of. I'm not like I don't think I'm very. I don't think I'm that gung ho. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, big Cubs fan. Yeah, I'm just like. Things are looking up. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll be not terrible this year. It's, it's nice to care again. Is it? Is, it, is that a self protection doing that? More oh, than for, oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to. I don't. I'm not a guy who builds his hopes up really, really high. And so, I mean, there's a lot of optimism around the team for this year and for the next few years. And I'm, I, I'm right there. Like it's, it's fun and it's exciting. There's a lot of things to like, but, and I don't. This, this sounds like a bad cliche dumb fan thing but there's still the cubs and <laughs> things i i was at the 2003 game six nlcs game the the bartman game as people like to call it i prefer the alex gonzalez game <laughs> it it's i've seen the worst of the worst it's it's take it's me bad. take me through you were you were at that game take me through that game because that's something that 
I haven't had the, I haven't talked to you about it and we've known each other a long time and we've talked about the Bartman thing, but when you were at that game, take, first of all, you don't blame Bartman and no. you, and, and you've, and you've been a staunch, uh, anti Bartman blame leader for a long time. Yes. Take me through that through. Cause I think a lot of Cubs fans would still, still blame Bartman and will always blame Bartman. What are your thoughts on that play? And that really, that whole series of events, the whole sequence was really unfortunate. Uh, that, that poor guy. Uh, I do remember, I was 16 at the time, and I remember when it happened. We had seats like 15 rows kind of behind home plate, so we can kind of see out towards left field. And when it happened, like, your first reaction was kind of like, oh, what the, like, why would he go for that ball? What the heck? Because, like, Alou was throwing a tantrum, and, like, things, things were kind of starting to unravel a little earlier in the inning. But, I mean, by the time Gonzalez kicked that ground ball, that easy double play that gets him out of the inning with the lead, I – it's clearly like it wasn't his fault. Like it, it, I just felt bad for the guy because they're escorting him out of the stadium, and I mean, we, they still had their chance to get out of the inning with the lead. And it's just if if Dusty Baker doesn't leave Pryor in too long, if Alex Gonzalez does that, completes a double play, who the be, one of the best defensive shortstops that season, of course, but kicks a double play, we're having an entirely different conversation. That's that's just a guy who didn't get a foul ball. That's all he would be. Did you did you feel did it feel different after? In that moment, that happens. I mean, because now you watch, they'll replay that game on, on classic networks or whatever, and, and you can feel it change. And I think it's probably because you know what happens. But did it feel different in the moment, or did it just feel like, well, that was dumb? And then it just, uh, or did, did that moment kind of, did you have a sinking feeling? The energy was completely sucked out of the stadium when, when that whole inning transpired. Uh, so I don't know, they scored like six or seven runs, I think, something, something crazy. And yeah, when that happened, like, there was a lot of like fake hopeful cheers going. I think like, come on, boys, let's go. You know, let's get some runners on. But I, everybody in that everybody in that stadium knew they weren't they weren't coming back in this game, and probably not in the series, which as we know. But it's not. But you're. It's not Bartman. No, it's not Bartman. It's yeah. No, it's not Bartman at all. I I I want nothing more than the Cubs to win the World Series and then opening day the next year Bartman gets throw out the first. Pitch. I was gonna say, would you go? Would you go to a game with with Bartman? Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He's just <laughs> poor. He's doesn't. Quiet guy. I think he worked in an office. Just wanted to live his life. Go see his favorite team. Go to the World <laughs> Series. And yeah, he did. He did something anyone else on the planet would do. It's a foul ball coming your direction. You're not aware of how close it is to the field or where the player is. Just looking for a foul ball. That's that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. There. He was doing nothing wrong. Okay, I see. And well, now, I mean, the, the that memory is gone. I'm actually excited for Cubs fans because that that play has defined the Cubs ever since. I mean, really, they, they had some good teams that – it was that 08 team that had 97 wins. But that has been the most commonly thrown out storyline is that one time this guy grabbed a foul ball and that ruined everything. This season, it feels like not only are they just better, it just it doesn't even feel like the same Cubs team. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, is, is, it, is it just me as an outside observer, as a fan? I mean, this doesn't feel like any sort of Chicago Cubs team that we've seen in – 15 years no i'd agree uh, i think it's a obviously it's a whole new regime of front office people and managers and all that i think there's just a different personality regarding the team that there there ever has been since i've been growing up with them uh they're they're less serious i guess i mean you know they take the game seriously but there's it's not you know life or death there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of young kids there's most of that team is younger than i am by a, lo- a lot of years, <laughs> unfortunately. And so all they know how to do is just go out and play baseball. That's all they've done for the last, you know, 12 years of their lives. They just go out and play. 
And you got a guy like Joe Madden who who just constantly pushes that mindset of remembering it's baseball. Like, yeah, losing it can suck. It's it's not fun to go through like a four, five, six game losing streak, but it's still baseball. You just gotta en- enjoy it while you're doing it. Well, they have these young guys that that do have a lot of they have a, lot, a very different energy. I'd say you know Castro's very. Young. I continue to forget. It feels like Castro's like 29 years old and. He's he's a leader on this team, and he's like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of less outgoing. But then you have this like a guy like Rizzo, who you said is your favorite player. Yep. <clears throat> it, is it, it seems really strange to me that the leaders on a team are, are that young, mm-hmm. that the guys, the, the, essentially the veterans of the team, are younger than almost everybody in the stands. Right. Is that, I mean... Is that a good thing? I assume it's. I mean, it makes it more fun to watch because they have so much more personality than than most teams do. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that something that the Cubs fans are concerned about, or is it just kind of like, look, yeah, there's going to be some problems here just because our most experienced players are still not old enough to rent a car? Right. Uh, no, I think it's. I think it's a cool thing. I think, especially because Rizzo and Castro have been up the last few seasons. They're both on their. I think their third manager in three years. They've. They've been through the hard times. They, they was that we talked about that it was the other day. The Cubs took the field three games above five hundred, and that had never happened in Starlin Castro's career with them. Yeah, last was that time, right? The last time Cubs were three games over five hundred was the two thousand nine season, uh, and Starlin was I don't know wasn't he wasn't up yet? He wasn't up till I think two thousand eleven. So it was still a couple years before his time. Yeah, it's he hasn't. He hasn't. Him and Rizzo haven't felt winning baseball in a in a Cubs uniform, uh, and so they, I think they bring the perspective like, hey, it's we lived through the worst. <laughs> like it's going to get better, and it's starting now. And they can kind of bring that perspective to it while still, technically in baseball terms, not even being in their prime yet as in terms yeah. of no, they've got talent. several years to go. Yeah. Do you follow that same philosophy that you've been you've been through the dark times? And now it can only get better, or because I can just feel that you're, you're you still don't trust it. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I think things are going as planned. Everything things look good, and they've built a, they've put together an awesome coaching staff, and they're getting a lot of young talent. I'm hopeful it's going to work out. I I have a hard time trusting young players when there's so many of them. But I know that these young players that I have are some of the best in their age range in the entire Major League Baseball. So that's nice. But still, they are 21 years old. Well, you have like a guy like Chris Bryant, who's obviously one of those young guys. Um, I mean, what is is he viewed as the savior? I mean, he 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 was treated as the savior, and the loudest voices certainly made it sound as though. Here comes Rod Carew to save the day. Is is that largely the feeling in the in the Cubs fan community that you know Chris Bryant is the missing piece? He is the he is the little bit of gas that the engine needed. I'd say that's probably fair. I think he's viewed by a lot of people as like the new face of the franchise, like for the next decade. It might and what a, a handsome face it is. It's a nice face. It's, it's a, he's I don't. There's one thing. It's like he he's one of those people that you just want to hate <laughs> because he's so very successful and he's so very nice and there has to be something wrong but like you he's impossible to hate he's just the nicest guy he's he dresses well every time there's a photo of him even if it's in like an airport he always looks like he's on a gq spread yeah. like the guy is just like the ultimate 
but Captain America for your baseball team. Yeah, life's not very fair at all. No, it's, it's, he's got all of it, and we have all. none of those we, things. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have any of those at all. We're we're over like five, and he's he's batting a thousand for sure. He's yeah, he's. I think he's. I think it goes with that. He's an attractive guy. You know, tall, muscular, marketable, marketable. Yeah, yeah he's. Uh, I think he's kind of viewed as the total package, and hopefully, the guy who's going to be the the face of the Cubs for you know the better part of a decade now. Is, do you think that he's going to face some adversity in the sense that like you'd like to hope that everyone's going to be very patient with him? Because yes, he's young, and you have to remember that he's young, and that this is his first time up. But then again, on his debut. After his third strikeout, someone yelled, you suck, loud enough that the TV cameras picked it up. So, I mean, how much of that is are, the, are Cub fans like, they've been waiting a long time. I right. mean, like you said, that you feel like the dark times are over. So, in a certain sense, is some of this expectation going to be a little heavy early on for these guys? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's a what have you done for me lately kind of world. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people out there. I mean, this guy, Bryant's, you know, he's striking out a little bit, and Jorge Soler has been struggling lately, and there's a lot of that's going to happen. And when you have as good of a start as the Cubs did, I think you want that in your mind. You just want it to keep going. Like, oh, that's how good we are. Why can't we just keep doing that? Well, there's ebbs and flows throughout the season. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I think there's a lot of people that are – gonna yell you suck to Chris Bryant <laughs> and maybe some other guys but I think in the long run they'll be uh they'll probably be cheering for him than they are booing more I, than they're booing him and I feel like if you yelled you suck at Chris Bryant and he turned and just looked at you you'd, I'm so sorry like yeah. oh my I didn't mean it man I, you're so I don't know what that guy was <laughs> like he, that guy was uh, <laughs> like no. he'd come up in the stands and sit down next to you like yeah. what's going on with you what's, yeah. what's, what's wrong with what's, you today let's talk like about you got it some up. problems right now what's the deal I mean, that's, that's, it's a very cool energy that they have. And as somebody who I grew up in Chicago, like you did around the area, not in the city, but around the area and, and, and watch them and, and now have lived in Missouri about as long as you have, and have seen lots of different baseball. This, this Cubs team seems, it just seems like a fun team. Even, even people I know who have been anti-Cub their entire life are begrudgingly tuning into these games because these Cubs they're they're coming back they're coming back from you know three four runs down they're I mean they're getting incredible performances out of guys that you know obviously it might not last but this team's like it just it's hard not to be optimistic and I'm scared for you especially (laughs) because optimism in baseball is is cruelly rewarded almost always I mean the Dodgers fans from the last two years have seen what seems like an improbable loss twice to the Cardinals Mm -hmm which you attribute to a scientific finding that you called pixie dust, yes. which I wanted to, obviously I don't want you to make a ton of enemies on here bashing the Cardinals, no. uh, but I, I've, I've listened to your gripes many times. Can, can, can you just, can you walk me through the pixie dust? Yeah. Um, I think a Webster's definition is when a professional athlete, usually a St. Louis Cardinals baseball player, <laughs> goes so far above and beyond their skill set to accomplish something in such a major moment that your mind can't even comprehend what happened. So, like a like Matt Adams homering off of Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean Matt Adams is a fine baseball player. He's he's perfectly <laughs> serviceable, but Clayton Kershaw is arguably the best pitcher on the planet in one of the biggest moments of the of the playoffs at that time. And somehow <laughs> Matt Adams got the best of him. So so Taguchi hitting a home run in October. 
Sochiguchi being on the roster in October <laughs> was pixie dust enough. But yeah, hitting a home run in October. That, and I'm not trying to make enemies, as you said. That entire 2011 World Series team, or 2016, which one? I'm sorry, 2000. Okay, 2006 was probably well. 2006 was probably one of the worst. That was like World the 83 win team. In yeah, that was the team with Ronnie Bellier playing second base. All they yeah. had to do was win on the last day of the season. They lost, but Houston lost, so they got to go. That was uh, that team was mostly composed of pixie dust. They were like <laughs> like how your body's like mostly water. The Cardinals were mostly pixie <laughs> they, dust that year. <laughs> was that how is that for you? Because at that point the Cubs are still competitive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that would probably have been easier to stomach in 2006 than it would have been as a Cubs fan in say like 2012. Because you, you, yeah. you've, you've watched abject failure going on for the Cubs, and it just had to be that way while they rebuilt the franchise. But right. to watch a team like that, that even when the Cardinals are down, that's a year that the Cubs should perhaps take from them that they still can't. When, when the Cubs are good, it's probably a little easier to stomach because that we, we still have the Cubs like playing well. Uh-huh. Whereas when the Cubs are bad, like, we don't have anything. The Cubs are awful. The Cardinals are winning. I'm sitting in Missouri watching both these things happen while people are happy around me and I'm miserable. <laughs> and so it's it's a, it's a lot it's a lot worse. Yeah, when the Cubs are bad, it's not as fun. Well, you now that they're they're good, and you're allowing yourself a little bit of optimism. When they were picked, first of all, when when the preseason predictions come out and the Sporting News goes ahead and calls them World Series champions, when you read that, what? What is your first reaction as a fan? I think that uh, for someone like me, I've expressed my natural pessimism. I think that's just someone wanting to be the person that called the Cubs winning the World Series. You don't think it's it's a, a possibility? I think it's a possibility. Well, I mean, those six Cardinals did win, so yeah. I mean, I think I I always say, and everyone, the playoffs are a crapshoot. If you make the playoffs, you have a chance. So basically, what that person is saying is the Cubs. I have the Cubs making the playoffs. Why not be the guy who picks them to win the World Series? It's like it's why, even when the Cubs are awful, the odds for them to win the World World Series in Vegas aren't that bad because everyone wants to bet on the Cubs to win the World Series. So I mean, so then what do you see? Did you first of all, do you have any money riding on the Cubs winning the World Series? I do not. No, no. (laughs) The 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 odds were too poor. I was planning on it, and then when they came out of like eight to one, I was like, well, this is outrageous. There's no way. I was hoping for like a 20, 25 to one shot, and I would have thrown some money at him. But where do you see? First thing, what is a success this season for the Cubs? Um, as a fan, I'd say anything over five hundred, at five hundred over, even if they don't make the playoffs, is a successful season. As long as we see some progression from the young guys and no major injuries to any of them, and guys like Rizzo and Castro continuing continuing to build their career upward. Um, I think that would be a, a successful year. It might be disappointing come the end of the year if they were close and didn't make the playoffs, but we'd be able to look back in a month or so and be like, that was a good year, and next year should be even better because these guys are growing up. What is your prediction for this year? Um, as the team stands right now, I'd probably slide them in one of those wild card slots. They had a tough April in terms of facing a lot of really good teams. I think they had the their opponents had the best winning percentage in the NL, and they came out of it, you know, thirteen and nine, 13-8, 13-9. I I think they kind of show that they can hang with some of the better pitchers and come back and win some games, and they'll hit their lulls in the summer as everybody does. But I think there's a I think I think they could be a wild card team this year. What is what is your 
favorite thing about this team? Like, is it is it their energy? Is it stuff on social media that they do, which they're having a really good time doing weird stuff there? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is it that you – if I'm a Cardinals fan and I catch a Cubs game, what's the thing that you would tell me to watch um, or yeah, enjoy? I think, yeah, they have a lot of personalities. I think that starts with Joe Madden. He's a loose guy. He, he lets – is lets his players play and work through things. And so I think that gives especially young kids a lot more confidence when they're out there and it makes them looser. I mean, I think that, I mean, no one has been more criticized in the Cubs organization, in my opinion, in the last few years in Starlin Castro. Yeah. It's called lazy. It's called stupid. He's not very good. He's a really good baseball player. And I think he's finally been given the chance to just go play. No one's going to take your position. We're not going to bench you. Just, do what you're capable of doing. Well, I think there was probably some concern there. You had the trade for Addison Russell, and it starts to look like maybe that he's the Mm long-term guy and how are you going to do this. And Starlin Castro, quietly, I think he was the best-hitting NL shortstop last year, wasn't he? He had his worst year of his short career in 2013, and Rizzo had the same thing that year. And at least for me, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, did you guys – was there a concern there in the fan base? That was a huge concern. Because they had gotten the contracts, and now it was like, oh, heavens. Yeah, it was like (laughs) – Oh, dear me. In our – in Cubs fans' eyes, it was, okay, we've got all these prospects in certain places, but we're going to have for the next six to ten years, whatever it is, Rizzo at first, Castro at short, and they should be all-star contenders every single year. Uh, And then 2013, they come out, and they both of them just have miserable years. And I think last year, both of them being able to rebound, I think that jump started the expectations and the hopes for the coming years a little bit. Because for me, I mean, they weren't a good team last year, but if they weren't a good team and Rizzo and Castro didn't get a lot better, I think there was serious cause for concern. All right, I'm going to give you some lightning round questions. Okay. What is the deal with John Lester throwing to first base? It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's one of the more incredible things I've seen in baseball in recent memory. Uh, Were you do you you remember Knobloch, right? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Then that was one of the that was one of the more bizarre moments in human history mm-hmm. that I that I had witnessed, where a person who is one of the best in the world, the best in, in you know eighteen thousand people ever have played major league baseball. This guy is a a major league baseball player who cannot throw the ball to first base, right. and it was insane to me. And to watch John Lester do this and do this at this point, it's it's kind of almost like an uncomfortable joke. Yeah. I, what what do the fans make of this? I mean, it's just it just it's it's awkward to watch. It's super awkward to watch. Uh, I think he's only thrown over to first twice this year. The first one was it pulled Rizzo off the bag, it was high and out, and then the second one he just launched into right field. And that's when we all kind of sat back, like, "Oh, this is a real thing." Because before, like, we <laughs> this, all, I, yeah, we thought it was maybe like it was a, it was one of those scouting reports that was kind of being blown out of proportion. Yeah, but we all we all knew he didn't throw to first base. That was well well known. Um, I just at least for me, like, I didn't really think about it. Like that he, that he I, physically I, cannot. Right, and I I think I knew he couldn't, but I just didn't. I I don't recall it ever, and maybe it's just because I. He wasn't in the National League, so I didn't see him a whole lot. But I didn't remember it ever thinking, like, this is a major, major problem. <laughs> and then he comes in, and he can't do it. It's very strange. Like, it's not even something that, like, makes me angry as a fan. I'm just more, like, <laughs> bewildered by it. Like, it's such – like, a picture of his level 
can't throw to first base. And that's just and he's made it this far, being one of the best pitchers in the league for years and years, and he just he's he just can't, can't do it. Do it. Yeah. And, I, and I've mentioned before, I think it gets blown up. It's gotten blown up a bit because he hasn't pitched as well to start the year. So there's probably been a lot more base runners on. But it's it's a strange thing. I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to cost him any games. But it's just it's weird to watch. It's a weird one of those weird baseball quirks. I guess that is a very bizarre thing. Second lightning round question. Okay, that wasn't very lightning of me. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I it's it's something that I had to talk about. It's just <laughs> it's so strange. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball your way. Who is your favorite Cardinal player? My favorite Cardinal player. If you, I know that you, wow. you, you aren't. Yeah, you don't necessarily love the Redbirds, but if you had an all timer, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> if you had an all timer or a current player, which one? Who is your favorite? He wasn't anywhere. I despised him when he was on the Cardinals, um, <laughs> but then. Uh, Mr. Jim Edmonds, the Cubs signed him in oh, 2008, yes. yeah. and he just absolutely mashed. He hit yeah. like 20 some homers in not in I don't know like 70, 80 games that year. It was incredible, and everyone thought he was kind of done. He went to San Diego and yeah. struggled a bit, and so I don't hate Jim Edmonds like I did when he was a Cardinal. So he did. And 2008 was a fun year for the Cubs. He was a part of it, so. I guess I wouldn't say he was my favorite Cardinal player because I didn't <laughs> like him as a Cardinal. He was he killed the Cubs as a Cardinal, but. I, he played for the Cardinals, and I like him. Is is there anybody that currently plays for the Cardinals or did not come to the Cubs that you that you would accept? That um, you would... I don't think I have a problem with Matt Carpenter yet. <laughs> He's really really good, um, and he just he just seems like he goes out there and plays, and he just hits the crap out of ball, and I can respect that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I won't like him. I'm sure I will dislike him greatly as the season progresses and the Cubs and Cardinals play more. But as of right now, I, I'm I, I respect his game. He's really impressive. Do you? All right, I'll, I'll give you a break. Do you have favorite Cubs player? Obviously, I mean, I I know you, so I know it's Sammy Sosa. Mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa is my all-time favorite. And I'll briefly give you a, a chance to address this. What about the PEDs? Um, I don't care. Everyone was using PEDs then. I think it made baseball more fun. Baseball wouldn't. Not that it wouldn't exist, but baseball was down until Sosa and McGuire happened and yeah. Bonds happened, and it made the game fun. And I don't have a problem with it at that point in time because everyone was doing it. Yeah. And so why don't we just say, okay, this was the steroid era of baseball. It was really fun. All these guys were amazing. They should all be in the Hall of Fame. Even if you want to put them in a special steroid era section, fine. But yeah. I well, don't. I, and, and Bonds and Sosa and McGuire are examples of a lot of people were taking steroids when it was rampant. But those are the three guys that, when they were on steroids, became demigods in right. baseball. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like I said, everyone was on steroids and they just did it better, I guess. I don't know. They were just <laughs> better at. Ba- I, I, I still say, even if Barry Bonds never touched steroids, he still probably would have been one of the best players of our generation. He was incredible before he did steroids. Yeah. I don't see why it matters as much. I do guess. you. Do who's your who's your current? Uh, I think Rizzo is my current uh, Cup favorite. There's a lot of guys to like. Um, Brian, we've talked about how good looking and amazing he is at everything. Uh, I think he'll be there before long. But Rizzo kind of seems to kind of be the ringleader. He seems like a fun, goofy, down to earth guy. And him and Castro, as I said, were kind of like the the core of starting this whole you know this whole rebuilding, so to speak. So I think I think he's the guy, my number one right now. I'll, I'll answer my favorite, like a historical Cub. I don't have a a, a ton. 
obviously, I, I'd say Kerry Wood was always mm. incredible. And, Kerry was up there for me, too. And he was, he was just something else to watch, and he was very fiery. And it was one of the guys that I felt really bad for because he's one of those players that disappeared and he thought his career was over and he came back as a late inning guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was always rooting for him just because the 20 strikeout game. I mean, when you do that, you just kind of always have a soft spot for me. Like anytime you do something kind of historic like that. And when he, when he came back later in his career, I really enjoyed watching him pitch and I wanted him to be successful. I just did my, my current favorite, on the Cubs has to be Miguel Montero. He's he's a he's a character. <laughs> because after you pointed out to me his social media presence and his hashtag we are good, yeah, is the and then people be like we are good comeback win and someone would say like well make sure you save some of those runs for us we need them and he said no we need them more we, <laughs> hashtag we are good like he's I just love him on social media. Yeah, he's incredible. I think I think I could see a lot of outside fans being seeing the we are good thing as like a like a total Cubs thing to do, like it's lame and kind of cutesy and cheesy. I just think it's it's just a fun, goofy thing. Like it's something fun for like the team and the guys to rally around. And yeah, that first tweet where he said, "Wow," I think he spelled it W O O W, <laughs> O M G. What a game! We hashtag we are good. And I was like, "That's that needs to be <laughs> that needs to be a thing." That's amazing. Well, and it's become a thing, yeah. kind of. The the team is using it, and the yeah. fans. Are, and I just love that it is. It is it's like he doesn't necessarily care how you read it. He's like, I have this important message that I must give you on Twitter. We are good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so that's my that, that he's my current favorite. And it's it's strange for me that he's in a weird catcher by committee thing mm-hmm. going on. Um, you know, David Ross being on the team. I know that you're not a fan of that. It's a very strange thing. But yeah. continuing on the lightning round, who's your least favorite Cardinals player, both um, all time and current? Oh man, all time. It might be Yachty for both, and I have, oh, a ton, wow. I have a ton of respect for him. He's incredible. Oh, my goodness. This is my problem with Yachty. <laughs> this was back. That's, yeah, that's that's throwing shots. When, that's the Cardinal fans. I know. He's the guy. Cardinal fans are sharpening their pitchforks he, right now. He's, he's the guy, and my problem with him was not, when he came into the league, he was kind of, at least being in Missouri, it seemed like Cardinal fans was like blowing him up into this huge star. When at the time, he was an amazing defensive catcher, and he couldn't hit for crap. He, yeah, he was a very But bad. he was still kind of, like, he was given this like godlike status. I was like, no, he's a great defensive catcher. He can't hit. There's tons of catchers like that. And now I don't like him because he's an amazing defensive catcher and he can hit the crap out of the ball. And that's <laughs> annoying. I want him to be just that guy who hit 230 every year, six homers, and 40 RBIs instead of whatever he's become. And it's, it's my hatred is not out of malice for most of the Cardinal players. It's out of frustration that he's playing for the Cardinals and I don't get to watch him on my team. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a, a is there a, a, an analog on the Cubs team? Do you have a player a least favorite Cubs player that you've had? Um, Milton Bradley, I wasn't a huge fan. I liked when they signed him because he was a big on base guy, but he just brought so many problems. Yeah, he had a rough go he's, in Chicago. He, he's yeah, he wasn't very well received uh, really anywhere. But <laughs> um, wasn't a big fan of him, and honestly, most of my Cubs. Dis- dislikement, I guess. It usually it just rotates through relievers because relievers are either so good or so bad. <laughs> they're like ki- they're like the kickers. They either yeah. save the game and no one remembers, exactly. or they lose the game. But and yeah, everyone that's just knows. nothing against them. I just have like three spots of people I dislike, and it's usually just relievers rotating through there, season by season. <laughs> See, I you remember was it Michael Bennett? Um, oh Barrett, excuse me, Michael, oh, Barrett. Michael Barrett. It gotcha. was Michael yeah. Barrett. Yes. 
he to me was like I, I hated I hated watching him. No one no one outside of Chicago should have liked him. I, he just seemed like the worst. Yeah, he's yeah. And uh, Zambrano, I I you know what I started he's a, off. He's a love or hate him kind. I of started off really hating Zambrano mm-hmm. just as a fan because yeah. you know obviously I was I was young, and I was just watching. I wasn't working, and the the older I got, the the more weirdly supportive of him I became. I don't know why because mm-hmm. I I, st- I think he was a kind of a terrible teammate from what yeah, everything it sounded so, like. But I just love that he was unabashedly crazy. <laughs> and there, it takes it takes some confidence in yourself to just be a lunatic publicly all the time. Yeah. Especially in a way that's not like violent or like like you're not breaking any laws. You're just like a weird yeah. crazy person on the baseball field. Yeah, and you like you smash up a Gatorade machine mm-hmm. and maybe you fight someone in a clubhouse. I'm not really sure. That was kind of a rumor that, yeah. that came out and, and seemed to be pretty well verified. But it was just kind of one of those things that like I'm we're watching a madman right now. Yeah, one of my favorite Zambrano memories was actually he got ejected for doing something, probably hitting somebody or something, and so he, he ran towards the umpire, screamed at him threw the umpire out, and then picked up the ball and threw it to the warning track in left field. <laughs> that was one of the more some... incredible displays of just rage I've seen. Which I think as a, as a kid, I was I hated it. And the more – that's just like – to me, it's just like, yeah, man, do yeah, you. It's just, it's, that's why I'm – I'm more respect than anything. Like, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to stop you. It's it's just kind of – it's lunacy, and I love that's why I mean, I love the Puig bat flips. Yeah, I'm sad that, I'm sad that those have to fun. go. Yeah. I, think, I think sports are at their best when players are themselves mm-hmm. and on abashedly having fun and that to me Puig yeah Puig drove Cardinal fans crazy Mm -hmm. and I knew you that immediately made him one of your favorite players I knew that but I I just feel like it it, that kind of stuff is fun it is yeah when you start trying to control or um, create or like manifest players personalities that's when the game gets really boring i mean you could it, it does you can keep everybody the exact same way and go out and you hit a home run you put your head down you're on the bases you go out there you strike a guy out you jog back to the dugout and that's not exciting i want to see i want to see a guy hit a home run to put his team up in the seventh inning i want to see him excited i want to see a reliever come in with the bases loaded two outs strike the guy out and pump his fist and sprint off the field that's that's fun that's what makes the game fun people complain about how long and boring baseball is which they certainly aren't wrong. Yeah. But no. put like if you're taking away the personality along with that, it's going to be an unwatchable game. I think so. I think and yeah, if you want to if you pimp a home run and they don't like it and and now there's a fight, sure that might happen. I yeah. mean, obviously, if you show any emotion at all when you hit a home run, Brian McCann will helicopter in and police the game. But it's <laughs> right. it's kind of a yeah, I like that. And that's why I think Zambrano to me later on the less and less true personality you saw it. Now his was insanity, but yeah. at the same time, it's it's very rare to see genuine moments from anybody. And Zambrano refused to have anything but genuine moments. Right, throwing balls to the warning track, and <laughs> yeah, he was just he was a lunatic, and yeah. I was a big fan. I think there should just be like this general agreement amongst players, where like if I hit a home run in a big moment, I'm going to be excited about it. If you do, you make a great catch or strike somebody out or make a great play, you can be excited about it. And let's not get in a like a, a screaming yeah. war over being excited about a good thing that happens. Yeah, I yeah, I'm with you on that. I hope I hope Puig gets a home run in the postseason and throws his bat out of the stadium. I hope, yeah, I hope he throws uh, yeah. it that farther than he hit the ball. <laughs> he's, he's 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 incredible. He's incredible to watch. Well, all right, Cubs Cardinals are playing this week. Yep. Do you have any uh, closing predictions on this series? I think I'm rooting. I'm rooting for a split, minimally. 
is what the Cubs need. Uh, they can't lose any more ground to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are red hot. Gaining any ground would be a huge plus, but just not falling any farther back would be nice. Do you, be, do you feel like they're more – like this is it's, – it's a competitive series again. Do you feel like – I mean, I know that the Cubs might be a year away or maybe a year or two away, but at the same time, do you feel like – because I always remembered as a kid the Cardinals-Cubs games in the early 2000s and the mid-2000s, those were those were super fun to watch. They were very competitive. Yeah. There was a lot of passion on both sides. Do you feel like this is, a, this is a return to that, or are you kind of waiting another year on that? No, I think we're getting there. I don't think the Cardinals are going to win, you know. I don't think they're going to take 12 of 17 from the Cubs this year. I don't think they're going to just completely blow through the series. I think – I certainly think the Cardinals respect what the Cubs they're putting out on the field right now. And I don't know necessarily if the fans do yet. They've only played twice. Hmm. Um, but I think as the summer goes along, the Cardinals fans always say that they want the Cubs to be good again so they have that rivalry. I always question their authenticity about that. <laughs> uh, for me, I hope the Cardinals are never good. I don't want the Cubs and Cardinals <laughs> games to mean anything for the rest of my life. I want the Cubs to be awesome, the Cardinals to be not great. I don't need, I don't need the close rivalry. rivalry. But uh, I think a lot of the fans – We'll get to see a, a, a lot of good baseball between these two teams for the first time in a long time. That was our conversation. I'm curious your thoughts on the Cubs-Cards rivalry. Are you seeing a return to the glory days for Chicago, or is this false hope? Are the Cardinals going to get all they can handle from the Cubbies, or are they still a few years away? Do you have a favorite or least favorite Cub? Let me know. I'm also very curious if Steve and I are the only two that will miss the bat flips if they're ever pushed out of the game. If you're pro bat flip, let me know because our camp needs more support. As always, you can find me at DJJ Bailey on Twitter. You can find Steve at Steven Kears. That's Steven with a V. Kears, K-E-E-R-S. As always, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.